You're listening to a Streatham Space Project podcast with me, Community Director Lexi McDougall. Today we're featuring local artist Fionn Gunn, who I was lucky enough to sit down with on March 8th, which happened, very fittingly, to be International Women's Day. Fionn was a co-founder of the Streatham Women's Sewing Group, which you'll hear about, and is how I first heard about her. She has a great passion for bringing communities together through art and speaks strongly about women's and migrants' rights. I had an amazing time talking with her and left with a lot to think about and to bring to our new venue. I hope you enjoy listening. I found you because of the, the sewing group. That's right. Um, which sounded like it was an amazing venture. It was. It was a really interesting learning experience because we started it in 2009, myself and Ifra Odwell. Yeah. And then we sort of ground to a halt in 2015 because of funding and stuff like that and uh, it was a very worthwhile thing to do actually um, and I think we had more than 150 women came through our doors and learned to sew and joined us yeah, for a while yeah. obviously people moved on moved away from London or you know certainly if there were women from the refuges they would move on after a fairly short period of time but some of the women stayed with us throughout the years that we we worked together and um and it was you know with great sadness we had to stop um so yeah so uh the getting in touch with the somali community i mean i was asked by streatham festival to do this because um i'd done some projects with them and in 2009 i i did some kind of installations which you know people could participate in up on the common for the festival and one of them was this Somali house of beads idea so I just made a canvas hut in traditional tribal shape life-size uh, and and painted on it the patterns that were used in traditional Somali beadwork wow. and what was interesting was I'd been trying to involve people from the Somali community in making. So I went to all the shops and all the businesses around introduced myself, blah, 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 you know, but you know, they're all guys. Yeah. And the message didn't get through at all to the women. And so I was out there with the installation and I saw a woman in the distance. And I can tell you, it was a really kind of, it was a pretty wide crowd in 2009. There were, you know, not that many people from other backgrounds there. And I saw this woman, I thought, she, she's got to be Somali. So I ran up to her, I said, <laughs> she was there with her kids. She couldn't run away so quickly. And I said, uh, oh, hi, you know, are you Somali? She said, oh, yes, I am. And I said, are you interested in sewing? And she said, yes, I am. Uh, you know, I do a lot of sewing. So I said, well, come this way. And we sat down outside the artwork and we did some beadwork together. And she told me about what she was doing. And, um, and then I said, well, you know, we should try and do something. She said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to set up a sewing group to teach the women how to sew. Uh, I said, well, I'd, I'd really like to do artworks with women who are sewing and have a group that we could make big collaborative projects together. And so I said, oh, okay, right. And so we then met in my house uh, a few weeks after, and I mentioned this to the organisers of Streatham Festival. And they said, oh, you've got to get in touch with Jackie Christie from Lambeth. You know, she'll be in it. And she was great, and she introduced us to Sunny Hill the venue, mm -hmm. and just everybody wanted the same thing. It was brilliant. And so we came together, we had a great venue, Sunny Hill, they're wonderful people, 
very kind of invested in the community. Yeah. And um, and then Ifra was there bringing her people along who also spread the word. So we had a lot of um, lot of women coming because uh, many of the Somalis at that point who were here, the young women, they'd been caught up in the civil war, uh, been moved from pillar to post, often had gone through maybe two or three other countries before they arrived here and didn't have any traditional skills mm. at all. Nobody was there to teach them. Sometimes their mothers had been killed. Sometimes they were evacuated to different camps. So, you know, you had that sort of displaced person phenomenon, yeah. which has such huge impact on people. So uh, the kind of, it was nice to feel you were reskilling people and also providing a forum where young women who had lots of children could come, they could leave the children in the crash and come and have some adult company. Um, and it, it wasn't just Somali women by any means. We were sort of Horn of Africa, maybe 50%. And then the rest of the women were a mixture of every other nationality that's here. So, yeah, it was really great. And we spoke about so many things and the projects that we did. I would talk to people about, you know, what are you, what are you into? What do you want to learn? So that's how I would come up with the ideas for the artworks. So the dress was, I mean, they're all obsessed with dresses, like women everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And and of course, in, in Muslim culture, the weddings, you need so many changes of clothes. My God, you know, you, you really do need to learn to sew, otherwise you break the bank. <laughs> and so it started from that. And I, I asked people, I said, do you remember, you know, can you remember a dress that your mother wore? And they all said, oh yeah, I remember this, I remember that. So they all had ideas and I, you know, handed out papers and got them to do some drawings. They were not very good at drawing but they would write down something or, you know, have a photograph of something that they would bring in photographs of weddings and stuff. So based on that, then I designed this giant dress and we were thinking, how are we going to show it? You know, and it's just because we can't have a structure that's too big and unwieldy yeah. to carry around. So I thought, hmm, what could be big and light, a balloon? So I contacted an, contacted an inflatables company and uh, sent them up the design and they made up they the made giant balloon yeah which was like four and a half meters tall and three meters diameter at the base so it's huge yeah and uh yeah and so we we brought it everywhere we yeah. and when, what year was that then you said we made that in 2014 and 15 we exhibited it was it 13, 14, 15? Yeah. Anyway, we exhibited it over 18 months. Yeah. And we had, you know, we had a great response about that. And so we, we hope we can go back to the same partners that we worked with before, like uh, the Horniman Museum mm -hmm. and the Museum of Childhood, uh, the South Bank Centre, and, and work with them again. Because it certainly is a project that had a very high... Um, high success rate in terms of uh, bringing women from hard-to-reach social groups in. Yeah. We did it. We did it. And even now, when I walk up and down the high road, I meet a lot of the women who pass through the group. We stop, we catch up. You know, they're all very keen to do a project again. So if the opportunity arises, we'll be able to pull them all back in. That's, yeah, because that's what, um, with the new theatre, well, new arts venue, it's yeah. not just a theatre. Yeah. We're looking to reach all the different corners of Streatham and I, when I saw your project I was like that's amazing that you've done that and like well it's my big thing the cross-cultural collaboration I go to China every year I do most of my work is in China and oh, wow. um 
and I've got a lot of sort of commitments there. So um, that thing about pulling people in, I can do. I certainly can. And I do, I do a lot of, I've curated really big projects out in China. And the purpose is to create new audiences. And, to, to, and it, it works, you know. If you, Why China? I love China. I, you just... I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I went the first time in 2003. And, uh, and I completely fell in love with the place. Just in terms of the culture, I feel very at home in China. Um, and so I went back and did a residency, an artist residency in 2005. And since then I go, I've been going back every year for either one month, two months, sometimes three. And I'm either doing exhibitions myself or else I'm curating big um, cross-cultural exhibitions as well. That's amazing. Normally I'm in China all, every March. And this is the first March I've not been in China. Ah, that was okay. because I was having a... Um, my second daughter was having her first child so I had to be here in London for that Um, but normally I'm in China in March and I'll be there yeah July October and November December this year it's so great that it just came out of you liking China yeah 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 yeah. and and yeah I mean I feel a really deep connection I was brought up in a in an antique shop and um, that was the family owned and as a small child you know the first observational drawings I ever did were of Chinese landscapes the soapstone landscapes and uh, and uh, I've got this I'll show you this I'll bring it into this main figure of a scribe which um, my mother died earlier last year and uh, and so I got this oh wow century very badly damaged but you know it's that kind of museum interest really yeah but i love it and yeah yeah. and so um and family connection as well i imagine and so yeah so i just have to work more on my chinese really so yeah yeah how is that when do you need a translator or no 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 i learned chinese you have so yeah i mean i'm not brilliant at it because i don't have enough time normally i'm out there i'm working and I've got deadlines, like I'll, <laughs> I've had stupid times where in 2013, I had eight exhibitions in the space of a month. Um, there were five in Beijing, three in Shanghai. Wow. And I cannot tell you what that was like. Mad. Absolutely mad. Plus customs issues and works not getting through. and the, Oh, my oh my gosh, God. I didn't even think about that, but of oh, course, really yeah. Bad. Yeah, it got really bad from 2012 on. We've had real problems with just transport of work. So now everything, if I'm having a show, I take everything in my luggage. And so all the canvases, they come off the stretches. Yeah. They roll, carry in a ski bag, arrive over straight to the framers, restretched. So it's like clockwork. It's yeah. Going like... You've got it down to science. Yeah. So, but it, yeah, it's exciting. It's, it is exciting. And there's been an amazing um, learning experience for me. At the moment I've got a touring show which again and it's it, it's often highlighting uh, social issues, issues of social justice and, and particularly pertaining to women. Mm-hmm. So at the moment I'm curating a touring show called Intimate Transgressions and that's to highlight the issue of war and genocide rape and it takes as its starting point what happened um, to the comfort women. Uh, the Chinese comfort women under the Japanese occupation 
in the Second World War. So that was the jumping off point. And now it's, you know, it's a, it's a show that has anything between, depending on the venue, between 40 and, and 70 artists participating um, from many, many different countries, 14, 15 different countries. And uh, we showed twice in 2016. We started in New York in 2015, then Beijing, and then last year uh, Hangzhou in April, and then Taipei in October. And I go back to curate it again this July in Shanghai, and after Shanghai, Nanjing in uh, November, December. Wow. What's a comfort woman? I've not heard that. Uh, uh, they were sexual slaves, yeah. and they were often raped to death. I mean, the, the Japanese had a, had a really... Um, they had a terrible social practice of, of using women and children sexually, which it was part... I mean, this kind of thing has always happened in war, of mm. course, but it was under the Japanese that it became um, a, a full-blown military strategy, just like uh, the sort of Jewish pogroms developed into the death camps in Germany. So it was a similar sort of process. So it happened on a huge scale, a huge scale, and very few of the women who were enslaved and used as sex slaves, very, very few of them survived. They died of either disease or they were raped to death or, um, or otherwise killed. Yeah. So it, it was a particularly poisonous strategy because after the Second World War, many of the, well, the Japanese basically escaped war crimes mm -hmm. tribunals unlike the Germans. And yeah. even though everybody says, oh, well, it was token. Yeah, at least it happened. In Japan, it didn't, because America was very keen to keep Japan in Asia as its ally. And so many of the Japanese military strategists ended up being uh, used as resources by the American military. Hence, the American military went into Vietnam mm -hmm. and used similar techniques. And, you know, ISIS does it today. So... It's, there's a, a history of progression. So it's not just uh, war or genocide rape as a collateral damage situation. It's yeah. actually a military strategy. Mm. Yeah, That's... yeah, it is. And people don't know about it. And I mean, yeah. the big mission, I guess, with the exhibition is what we say to people is disclose. Because if the victims of sexual violence are enabled to um, to speak out and to not feel any degree of shame, which they shouldn't, then it's less successful as a military strategy. So that's what we're really going for. And we've had the most amazing responses. And we've had people, we've had women come in, and boys as well, come in and disclose mm -hmm. um, sexual abuse that happened to them. You know, I mean, it's been very moving as a curatorial experience. So. Can you tell me about your time in Streatham and when you came here and what you think of it and what you hope? Mm. Well, I first came to Streatham in 2004 okay. and um, we were immediately uh, involved with the Residents Association because the day we were moving in, three different lots of neighbours stopped and said, oh, we're having a residence meeting tomorrow night, will you come? So she said, yeah, yeah, okay. And so we're active members of the Streatham uh, Triangle Residents Association. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's been really great, and I, I've made a lot of friends in the area, so I like it. I like that Streatham is 
well, it still is, I don't know if that's going to be forever, quite mm. a mixed area so that, you know, it's not all just rich people It and it's people from all different backgrounds. Yeah. And um, I always say to people, I'm an immigrant myself. I'm Irish, I've lived here for a long time, but nonetheless, I am an immigrant uh, and I would identify as such. Mm. And what is your... How did you get started in art? I mean, did you go to art school? And oh, yeah, like yeah. That? I mean, I wanted to be an artist from the time I was two, I think. Mm. was my father even remembers. Well, he did remember he's got to mention now, but, um, yeah, going to see an exhibition toddling along, and I looked at this painting and said, I'm going to be an artist. And then he came home and told, you know, and I said, yes, 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 that's what I'm going to do. But years later, this is the kind of downside of all of that, I'm... I think I was about 18 and 19, and I was at art college then. And that work was on exhibition again. And I looked at it, and I thought, this is awful. This is awful painting. I thought, oh, shit. You know, as a two-year-old, I had no taste. <laughs> I was like, really? You know? Embarrassing. But, but, but it, obviously, there's something about it that, that resonated with me. And, yeah, and, yeah, but no, all my life, it's all, all I've ever wanted. But I've done lots of other things as well. Hmm. Um, so I went through, when I first, uh, I, I went to France after I left our college in Ireland. So I graduated, went there, did a year as an auditeur libre in Nancy, and I stayed on and I lived there for four years. And then I came here uh, to London and um, and obviously there was, you know, you can imagine how much money there is in art, not a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I was, the jobs I did for money were things that I was kind of drawn to as well. I mean, the usual kind of translation and stuff like that. Mm. But I worked for Minority Rights Group, oh, cool. doing editing and kind of logistics for them. And then International Alert, which is the sort of, it's a sister organization of Amnesty. So it's dealing with um, armed ethnic conflict and, you know. So that was conflict resolution, so I was really very taken wow. by that. And then then I worked for the Franco-British Council, the British section, for a number of years. And then after that, I just really did my own work, and I've done my own work since. Yeah. But all those things, at the time, I remember sometimes I would feel a bit fed up. I think, oh, I just want to make my own work. But in retrospect, all the jobs I did fed into my current skill set. Mm. So all those things helped me as an artist in the end. <laughs> you know, in the end. I'm still, you know, trying to get there. So. Yeah. So, so that's kind of what I'm into. Yeah, yeah. Everything. I mean, at the moment, this is, I've got all this mess out at the moment because I'm learning to fry a, fly a micro drone. Because, um, which I'm not very good at because I've, I've never done gaming, really. Yeah. So I'm kind of learning the to... thumbs. Yeah, uh, and it's hard to control, but I want to... Um, I've got this little cute mini camera where I put it now. There. Yeah. Which would be attached to the bottom of the drone. So while I'm working, I could have somebody manipulate the drone, filming me working, but also my... Like if I show you these pieces... Because uh, I do a lot of 3D work as well. Mm -hmm. So if you have a drone flying around small, you know, sort of 3D works like this, you get really interesting sort of lines. Yeah, and I can change the perspective. Yeah, and it's just you're, you're seeing it in all ways. You know, it's like, I mean, I usually have a magnifying glass up so people can look at the top of it. 
you end up with a different yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it's uh, yeah, I love experimenting with it. And um, the grandson really loves drawing a little girl. She loves cutting out. So it's like they represent the two. Uh -huh. She's there with the scissors. So it's, yeah, it's very appealing. At this point, being the gracious host that she was, Fionn turned the tables and got me talking. Culture is just... It's such a loose term, but it's more... Culture is more part of the culture here, I find, than it is at home. Oh, that's home. interesting. It's, it's because it's London as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. I should, absolutely. I lived, mm. I've lived in Bristol and I've lived in London, so yes. I've been very lucky with the yes. sort of the types of people yeah, yeah, that yeah, choose yeah, yeah. to live in those destinations. Um, but just, it, I couldn't believe it in, when I was in Bristol and like people that weren't involved in the theatre or didn't have friends in the theatre would go to this theatre? Yes, <laughs> off their own bat. I mean, wow. It's like, like <laughs> radical. What's on, what's on at that local yeah. pub theatre? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that like, does not happen at home. You do, you're always doing your work for your friends or other artists, and then you go see their work, and it's like a very small community. Yeah, and then, so community engagement is nil. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the big bugbear of the arts. And it's, I mean, and it's, it, much like here, there's a lot of um, tokenistic community engagement. I know, I hate that. Because you have to. Uh, but yeah, and that's, that's... You have to do it really. I but think you have to do, do it really. Do it really. Just and get out will, there and do it. It will feed back to you. Yes, it's it will. not like a burden. It's, no, no, no. I mean, ours was a yeah, genuine, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, we yeah, all yeah. live here, we all care, we've all seen what Stratum is like and what it could be. Yes. Um, and we have admitted we don't know what people need or what they want, but we want to be available. And I know this from curating with lots of different cultures. You can't go in and say, well, this is my idea, you do it. I mean, it doesn't work like that. No, that's You good. go in and you ask people, what what do you want? What what would work for you? And you, you negotiate. You can't just impose. No, it's... No, there's nothing. No, and there's nothing. and I, I, I think the funding situation is so bleak out there, the landscape for... Any kind of funding yeah. is just a nightmare. It is bleak stuff. But that's interesting you say because we're with the with the venue. We, we, our main goal is to bring the community together and all the different bits. Yeah. And it is just to get people talking and find out what they need because obviously Absolutely. I can't Absolutely. go to a BAME group and no, be like, no, "This no. is what you guys need." No. no but no. I genuinely don't know that's what right. you need, so like you use that. Yeah. But that's like what you said with the women. It's quite sometimes tricky to find that avenue in and and but again if you're open to things and, mm. and let people come in that's good that is good and that's what yeah we want it it's it's a very genuine and very open yes yeah 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 that's good that's let good. us work together and figure this out yeah. together as a community yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm developing with with some very interesting people and our idea is uh, that it will be 
across media collaboration as well as um, as well as cross cultural and cross generational, because myself and this composer and a choreographic installation artist, we know each other and you know we're all getting on and everything. Uh, we're very feminist and we really want to mentor younger women coming mm. up and especially younger women from from diverse backgrounds as well, not just you know white. Although I mean it's funny because we say well, well, I see I was white working class Irish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I was brought up a long way from privilege, oddly enough, even though I had exposure to the tiny amounts of culture there was available in Cork. It was, uh, yeah, it was a fairly kind of impoverished upbringing, certainly compared with a lot of the people I know yeah. here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, even though, yes, um, white and getting old but uh yeah i i i can't really pigeonhole myself quite like that but uh, I, I do feel very strongly especially in the visual arts mm. uh and i suspect in theater and, and film and music as well that women we we do not have equality no, we, are not. we are a long way from equality and the only way to push forward is to a take risks be brazen and initiate your own stuff. Don't hang around waiting for somebody to discover you. Just do it. Yeah. And I think it's hugely important. And um, yeah. And I, f I feel I've done a lot of. I mean, I've done a lot of community stuff and a lot of curatorial stuff. And I really, really need to push my own my own art profile now. Mm. Uh, which I am doing, and it's you know going quite well. But uh, I have to because of a my age, but also if I'm successful on that side of things, it will enable me to initiate more projects on the other side. Yeah, of give you bigger voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm very keen to do something with Tate, and so so is Liz and Sarah. Oh, Liz and Sarah, um, and we've had a kind of brief meeting with them because we did a performance in December across the Millennium Bridge. Oh, wow. The three of us we did this. Yeah, because, you know, we feel very strongly about this anti-refugee, anti-migrant discourse. We're sickened by it. Sickened. So we did a walk. There's a film on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> you can see it. But we walked across the bridge and I, I made myself a boat shoe. So I've got a ship on one foot mm -hmm. and a sculpture on the other. And Sarah was wearing a boat in her hair and... Liz is in a wheelchair carrying all her boats and stuff because she's disabled. So um, we did that and then just, you know, I just announced that we were doing it as artists to uh, protest against the way refugees and migrants are spoken about in the media. Everything is disgusting. It is. We had a very nice response from people. Yeah. You know, people and I, yeah, it was really good. <laughs> so. Yeah, it is amazing what people are getting away with these days. It's that? deeply shocking, and I think it's for artists to really stand up and be counted mm. on that front, you know. And Streatham, I think, had... Well, Lambeth certainly had the highest um, Remain vote. Yes, we did, yeah. And, you know, I feel, God, we are just being ridden over by people who... You know, if who has exposure to migrants? We do. We do. I knew quite a few people who were very anti-Somali and, you know, from the local area. Mm. Then I started doing this work and, you know, 
then we'd have a street party. I'd invite some of them along. We'd, and, you know, that discourse died down. People say, oh, well, we never knew. We never knew. Yeah, that's it. That's it's yeah. ignorance. You never knew. That's, that's really heartening. That's good. And yeah, it's it that is. sort of, it's that personal connection. Be like, that's right. He's just another human being. They might yes. look a bit different. They might sound a bit different. Uh, but it's just a person. And you can kind of send those ripples outwards wherever yeah. you go, really. It's hugely important, I think, to do. And that's it for the first ever Streatham Space Project podcast, created in conjunction with our crowdfunder campaign. Help us support the community and the artists by donating to Streatham Space Project on crowdfunder.co.uk. Huge thank you to Fionn Gunn for taking the time to share her artwork and thoughts with me. Check her out at www.fiongun.org and shout out to bensound.com and purpleplanet.com for the incidental music you heard in there. Lots of love to Stratum and beyond. I cannot wait to invite you into the all-new Stratum Space Project.